Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart. In union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, and of all our Radio Maria listeners, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Today, I would like to uh, say let's pray for all the children of the world. It's a very difficult time to be a children these days, be a child these days. Um, I read a story this morning about two little boys that were adopted and then horribly abused and uh, put into uh, a child sex ring. Here in uh, our own United States in Atlanta, of all places, so pray for all the children of the world, for the protection uh, of them and their innocence, divine protection, angelic protection, saintly protection, and human protection. Okay, so as we progress into 2023, there's a great divide that we've seen in our country. Most people would point to politics, saying it's a political divide. This is true, but it's not the source of the divide. The source of the divide is morality. It is not politics. It's the morality. And uh, if you if you were to look at the history of the world, great nations are not born, so to speak. They arise from uh, either lowly beginnings or they want to uh, become free from tyranny. Either way, it's a very difficult process, and it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and this is what uh, gives rise to a great country, sacrifice uh, in doing what is right according to uh, the moral code. This is how um, the great countries of the world have always uh, come about. Now, when they get powerful, they can get weak. Because when, generally speaking, when one gets fat and happy and rich, they tend to lose that idea of sacrifice and of uh, doing that which may be harder. The harder path is uh, given up for the easier path. So when a nation becomes too strong and wealthy, um, it, it could become the tyrant in the situation. So you have to be careful. But the bottom line is this. Uh, the people who want to change America are trying to change things to make things easier for their own lifestyles. You know, Plato, the, the famous philosopher, he said the first and greatest victory is to conquer yourself. To be conquered by yourself is, of all things, most shameful and vile. 
what he's talking about is um, not letting your passions rule your life, that the soul would dictate what the body should do, not the other way around. When you let your body dictate your lifestyle, you, you open the door to every kind of sin because the, the body, although made in the image, we are made in the image likeness of God because of original sin and concupiscence, the body, the flesh, is craving all things wicked. So it has to be fought against. And so this is where we are. Um, we're in a country where there's this liberal morality, which is basically, this is, they kind of say, live and let live. That's the philosophy. Well, that's fine until you get into areas where their living is destroying whole lifestyles. Like, look at these two poor little boys, sex trafficked, because the, the, those two men that were their daddies decided that it would be better for the family to pimp them out for money. Like, disgusting, right? So this is where we are. And, and this, to me, points to the problem of slothfulness. Slothfulness. We can all agree that the pandemic was a great evil. But one of the greatest evils coming out of it was this spirit of slothfulness. And uh, slothfulness for many people, many people don't think about this sin. It's not one of the top sins people go to or even hear about in confession. But what it, do, what it did was um, sticking people in their houses all day, every day for many months at a time, uh, kind of took away many people's zeal for life. And um, the, the whole point of their day was basically, if you could just get out of bed and go in and watch TV all day, or sit on the couch with a pint of ice cream, a lot of that was going on, right? And you couldn't go anywhere, really. And even the churches were closed for a few months, uh, and even years for other parts of the world. Um, so this created this slothful spirit to take uh, control of many people's lives. Now, um, when you think about sloth, and, and maybe you've never thought about it, um, it is a sin. It's one of the capital sins. So capital means one of the uh, most dangerous and governing sins. It, it's one of the sins that has a governance over a lot of other sins. Some people, when you think of sloth, you know, there's an animal named the sloth. I think it's in South America. It's very, it's a very slow moving animal. I think it has the slowest digestion of any animal on the planet. Even if you watch it move very slow. Um, and when we call a person slothful, you might, it might conjure up an image of, um, a, a guy just, uh, crashing on the sofa with a six pack and a bag of chips and watching, you know, the boob tube for hours on end. But, uh, boredom and laziness and all that is not always what we're talking about. Um, that's definitely a component of sloth, but we, it's the, the person who does nothing can be just as guilty of sloth as the person who's a workaholic. Because to be slothful or to be committing the sin of sloth 
is to avoid doing the one thing you're supposed to be doing. Now, that could be in so many different areas. Um, if you remember uh, David, King David, well, when you, when you think about the sin he that kind of dragged him into this quagmire of problems, it was the sin of sloth that started the whole thing. It was the sin of sloth. Because David, it says in the beginning of uh, the book that speaks, I think it's the book of Samuel, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, it says in the beginning of that chapter that talks about his uh, adultery with Bathsheba, that it was the season when kings went off to war and David stayed behind. So David was not following what he was supposed to be doing. And that put him in a place where he shouldn't have been. And his daydreaming on the roof of the palace or the castle, wherever he was, looking down at the naked Bathsheba, suddenly he is drawn into a temptation that he can't overcome. And he winds up uh, sleeping with this woman who is married to somebody else. And then when he uh, discovers she's pregnant, he has her husband killed. So this led to murder. All from slothfulness. It started with slothfulness. So this is the problem. Uh, so now we're back. We're supposed to be back to life as usual. So back to the classroom, back to work. Um, but did we really embrace the, the whole mentality of pursuing greatness, pursuing being the best at, at we can, what we can do? Have we slid off in our health? Many people did. Many people's health has suffered, not just from uh, the vaccines and, and the pandemic, but also because of the lifestyle changes. So we have to be aware of that too. Um, many people are not going back to the gym because they're afraid of the germs. I have to tell you, initially, that was a concern I had as well, because if you've ever been in a gym, particularly, we have the gym that I go to has a large, large, large room, you know, probably four or 5,000 square feet of equipment that's called the jungle. The jungle has no air conditioning. So in the summer in Tennessee, the jungle is like 110 degrees and 100% humidity. It is oppressive. But there are people who like that room because they feel like they sweat more and they get a better workout. I am not one of them. So I avoid that room when it's really hot outside. I don't mind it if it's super cold, but if it's unbearably hot, I avoid it. Uh, but if you've ever been in a room like that, when you're really sweating and everybody else is sweating all over the machines, you, you realize very quickly, boy, there's, there is a, a germ flow in this room like none other I've ever experienced. So before COVID, you don't really think about it. Once COVID kicked in, I said, this is a bad, bad place to go, um, considering the germs and all the problems with the germs. So I went out and bought equipment and made my garage a gym. And it was soon after that they closed most places, including a lot of the gyms. But I've come back because I really trust that God will take care of us. And if, it, if he wants to let me die from a, a virus, so be it. 
that was ordained from when he made me. Um, I think people who avoid germs ultimately in the long run get smacked down worse by not having any immunity to, to the germs. So I do go to the gym, but I, I do, I do take a little caution. I, of course, I'm not going to wear a mask if I'm exercising, but, um, I do wipe the machines down with the, um, sanitizer anyway, off of, off the track there. Um, so a lot of people decided to skip the gym. Um, a lot of people started eating foods that are, are not the healthiest. So if you, if you go to the core of what's happening, you have to realize the body could be dictating to the soul what it wants. And every now and then we have to push back. And not every now and then, more often than not, we should be pushing back saying, that's not good for me. Right? If we all lived like a five-year-old, we'd be eating ice cream uh, and potato chips all day long. <laughs> and yet there are people that perhaps are doing that who are grown people. So we have to be careful. Um, so this sin of sloth, and it is a sin. Um, alert, like I said, laziness is certainly an element of it. But there's, um, I think, four characteristics which really uh, point to what it actually is. So first is carelessness. This is a sign of sloth. Uh, second is an unwillingness to act. Third is giving a half-hearted effort. And fourth, becoming easily discouraged by difficulty. These are all elements of sloth. Remember how um, I've said this before, when the angels are given a uh, command by, by God in heaven, they respond in three ways. They respond immediately. They respond uh, completely. They get the job done completely. And they respond joyfully. This is how they respond. Can you imagine if God the Father said to Gabriel, uh, Gabriel, can you go down to that uh, handmaid, uh, uh, Miriam, and tell her that the plan for salvation is going to go forth through her if she uh, agrees to take up the task? And Gabriel says back to God the Father, well, I'm teaching the virtue acquire a new hymn. Uh, I think maybe I'll get to that tomorrow. That would never happen. That would never happen. Um, of course, immediately he dispatches from heaven down to earth and delivers the message completely. And does this with great joy because he knows he's accomplishing the will of the Father. So there's that full hearted effort, not half hearted. And of course, there's no carelessness in the way the angels respond to God's requests. There's always a willingness to act immediately. And they do not become discouraged because they know they're living in the will of God the Father. So these are the benchmarks for what would uh, be uh, markers for slothfulness. Uh, now, here's where it gets interesting. We live in a country in a time where many people are incredibly busy. Uh, in fact, oftentimes, when I will say to somebody, how are you? They respond, oh, I'm just so busy. But are they really busy? What are they busy with? Because we can be, remember Martha? Busy about so many things, except the one thing that was most important. Sitting at the feet of Jesus and taking in his words. So... 
what are we busy with? Well, it's easy to be busy about so many things. But if we're supposed to love God with all our heart and soul and strength, uh, then he should be first priority. So if you are not praying every day, that's a sign of sloth because the one thing you're supposed to be doing, you're avoiding. So there, there it is. Uh, we have 24 hours in a day. We get to put into those 24 hours what we want to, to some degree. Now, most people do have to work to support themselves. So you have to put in your job hours. But even at the job, you know, are you really working to your full potential? So um, once again, the prayer has to come in. And when God tells us, uh, you know, there's precepts of the church we follow, you have to get to Mass on Sunday, not because it, it's a duty, but because we love God so much, we would want to go and adore him and thank him and worship him. And some people will tell me, well, I just didn't feel like going this week. Well, feelings can be deceptive. You know, a lot of people don't feel like getting up at 3 a.m. to change a dirty diaper of a baby. But you know what? You do it because it's the right thing to do. So don't let your feelings, once again, the body uh, dictating what the soul should be doing. So how do we diagnose these problems with this slothfulness? Well, let's begin with the first one, carelessness. Are you a careless person? Proverbs 24, 33 says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So we all need to rest, but when does your rest turn into a negligence? Uh, it's something to think about. I actually find a lot of people don't get enough proper rest. Uh, I, f I feel like I'm one of them. I, I don't sleep more than five hours a night. For some reason, I just can't do it. But I try. I just wake up at very early hours, and that's it. But I try. And if God wants me to sleep longer, he'll let me. So uh, think about your life. Have you become careless with your relationship with God? Have you become careless with the relationship with your wife or husband or children? Are you careless with the relationship with your coworkers? These are questions you can ask. Um, if you've ever met a saint like Mother Teresa or John Paul uh, II, um, there's something very unique about people who have a tremendous love of God in that it doesn't diminish their ability to be fully present to other people. So like I've not met uh, either of these two, but I've been close to them, pretty close in proximity, but never actually met them. Uh, but I, you can see when somebody's engaged with them that they're fully present to that person. Even if there's a thousand people in the room, it would be as though they were the only two in the room. And that's being generous with your spirit, not careless. So important. The second uh, characteristic, am I unwilling to act? Do I procrastinate? Proverbs 24, 20 uh, verse 4 says, the sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek a heart at harvest and have nothing. So if you're unwilling to act, you cannot expect to necessarily complete the tasks uh, that we must do and have the things we need. Procrastination is a real temptation. 
for many people. And then tasks can become so overwhelming that we just keep putting them off until it becomes practically impossible to finish what we need to do on time. You know this from when you go back to the days you were in school, right? Either grammar school or college, when you keep putting that project off till the night before it's due, and then you try to tackle it and it's a disaster. Um, yeah, it's it, it happens. If you're a boss, if you have employees under you that you are uh, supervising, sometimes those uh, workers need a little gentle correction in the way they're doing their job. If you keep putting it off, you're only hurting them and you and the company. But sometimes people don't like to be disliked, so they avoid the hard conversations. Um, it's a very real thing. Third, um, do you do everything with a half-hearted effort? Are you doing the chores of your life or the, the things of your life with a half-hearted effort? Sometimes we have to do so much that we do nothing with excellence. And this is a real thing. When you have so many responsibilities, everything becomes half-hearted in the way you respond. If you look at somebody, look at somebody like um, Leonardo da Vinci, who has devoted his life to the craft of painting and creating uh, statues from um, marble. Um, that was kind of his one true focus of his life. Beethoven, any of these great people that were like this, yes, they had some uh, side hustles, you could say, but there was a primary thing that they knew was a great gift from God for them, and that's where they put all their effort. Um, so those things thrived. Now, you can do something with so much attention that you you let other things suffer. So there must be a balance. Um, we know people that are great at their jobs, but their personal lives are a mess because the family gets no attention because the job consumes uh, all of their time. So that wouldn't be good either. And then uh, finally, am I discouraged in the face of difficulty? Am I discouraged in the face of difficulty? Life is full of difficulties. And uh, we would never promise that life would be easy. Jesus himself said, you're going to have to pick up your cross daily to follow him. So discouragement in the face of difficult situations, it's a reality we all have to deal with. But it shouldn't paralyze us from uh, action, from doing what we must do. You know, when I think of uh, difficulties, you go read about the life of Lincoln, our president. I think the presidential election was the first election he'd ever won. I believe it was different back then, but he had so many setbacks, personal and uh, professional. It's a miracle he ever kept going forward, but he did. He, he somehow knew that there was a destiny waiting for him, and he kept saying yes, despite the pushback, so much pushback. So how do we combat this sin very quickly? Uh, 
one is don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. The Bible constantly calls us to perseverance. That's fortitude. Uh, if you're starting to feeling like this is way too much for me, those thoughts are not from God. Unless God's calling you to move into a different realm and do something else. Uh, but generally speaking, people who have endured tough trials uh, were chosen by God to do those tough things. You know, look at Jesus's life. Look at the life of the Holy Family, the life of the saints. Uh, very difficult. St. Paul, probably the greatest pushback against one man in the history of the world after Jesus. And secondly, do everything you do every day for the glory of God. Right? If you're doing it for the glory of God, no matter what happens, you're going to be a winner. Whether the thing is fruitful or not, there have been saints who started the wheel in motion for so many causes and, and in things, but they never saw it come to be. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, oh, the little Canadian, uh, Blessed Andre Bissette. He never saw the oratory completed, but he got it going. And that's one of the most greatest, uh, beautiful masterpieces to St. Joseph on the whole planet. So do everything you do for the glory of God, and that will be so pleasing to God, whether it is successful or not. St. Paul says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And he also said to the Colossians, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This will also lift your spirit when you know you're doing something for God uh, out of love for him. So try these things today and tackle that one project, big or small, that you've been putting off and ask uh, your guardian angel to help you and to do it all for the glory of God. And I guarantee you'll feel better at the end of the day. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off. <laughs>